Is there any wild card matchup, likely matchup that you have no interest in watching? So it can be any team in contention. Yeah, correct? pretty much. I mean, it's unlikely Cleveland, Miami's going to get there, but Cleveland, Miami. <laughs> I would rather watch the seven hours of the Beatles documentary again, and that was a tough. That was tough to finish. Let me tell you, I like the Beatles. Holy fuck, that was amazing. Make a short. What are you talking about, Peter? Peter, just shave it off by about three hours, bro. Good God. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast tag. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And we are entering... Week 16 of the NFL season. Congratulations. We've made it. It is Christmas week. And on Christmas week, we will have both a Tuesday show and a Thursday show. Don't you worry. But Christmas week and the AFC does not have a single team that has clinched a postseason position. The NFC has only one team that has clinched a postseason position. It is pure chaos in the NFL with three weeks remaining. And I could not be happier because, of course, my team is the one that has clinched a playoff <laughs> position. Schaefer the Sharp, I should be worried about you because for all the, the glitz and glam, for all the, the, the time I've gloated on this show about being the leading gambler in the world, you pulled a 10 spot out of your ass in King of the Coast and are now tied with me at the top of the King of the Coast rankings. Dangles, you still have a game coming up tonight. We are recording this in between the week because NFL had to switch the schedule around and move two terrible games to be on Tuesday night. You stupidly bet on one of those terrible games. So it's still unknown where you are, but Schaefer the Sharp, let's start off yes. the show with you, my friend. Congratulations. Tip your cap. Hell of a week oh, by you. Thank you, Tony Squares. It means a lot. I think that horseshoe actually fell out of your ass, and I picked it up and threw it in the fire and uh, just went about my business. But let me just point out one thing. I appreciate the, I, I, I appreciate the well wishes on the 10-0. But if you noticed, I had two games, Dallas uh, and also, of course, down to the wire, Fourth and six for the Giants inside the 15. Guess what? It went my way. It went It went my way. We got to win. Same thing with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Tennessee's driving <laughs> to potentially win the game. game. Just, just a foot short. The reason I'm saying this, I lost a lot of games this year <laughs> by this margin, and it felt good to be one week in where I win by this margin. Just shows you it's a fluid market, boys, and these games are insane. It's insane. insane, but... It was good to be on. It was good to be on the winning end of a of a very very good weekend for Shea for the Sharp. Shea uh, uh, Dangles, you yourself, you're on a winning train as well. Another teaser you've hit. You're the king of the teasers. And the worst part was though, your best bet was New England plus two and a half. It was, and they couldn't pull it off against no. Indy. Your team. I mean, Bill Belichick came out and he actually apologized to the media for the first time. I can remember Bill Belichick ever apologizing yeah. to the media. He came out and said, "I'm sorry, guys. We were all angry." That, that first time you interviewed us about this game, but every single facet of our team messed up that it, it day. The was, coaching, the players, everything. It was a very Belichickian apology, though, in the sense yes. that he, he was like, I'm sorry that I was in a bad mood, 
but I didn't have much to say. So, like, apologizing for it, but still blaming the media for asking questions he didn't have the answer to, which at this point, if you expect anything less out of Coach, then you haven't been paying attention closely enough. But, look, you're never going to be in a good position anytime you go into the half down 20 to nothing. Jonathan Taylor just ran it down our throats despite the preparations that we made, made despite uh, stacking the box against him, which I think just shows what a, an incredible back he really is. Because uh, you had to know Belichick's going into that week trying to take Taylor out of the the equation and make Indy beat you by passing the football. They did not have to do that. Uh, had a chance down the end there, uh, on, but unfortunately, you know, Indy was able to turn it around and get that last score and put us away. So did not catch on that, but I did hit on my under in that game by one one point by another very, very slim margin there. So yep. I'll take the victory where I can get it, but it is, it is a bummer that it is not, that it didn't go our way, and it makes the race for the AFC East crown all that much more interesting and gives it the potential to have to go a few more spots down the tiebreaker chain uh, for NFL divisional rules, depending on how the next three weeks play out, including, of course, the very pivotal matchup coming up next week against the Buffalo Bills once again, this time at Gillette Stadium. Dangles, you said Belichickian. You said Belichickian. I have to interrupt here. One second, Squares. Did you see Did you see Bill Belichick's response when the reporter asked him what happened in the black punt? It is an all-timer, oh, even he, by Bill Belichick's standards. He literally goes, a 10-second video on Twitter, he goes, uh, we didn't block the guy. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't block the guy. I loved it so much. I loved and it so much. And he's not wrong is the amazing. best part. Is that's no, a, That is a no. perfectly valid answer to that question. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Now, we didn't, we didn't block the guy. Before, we, we have a, a big show today. We're going to actually time capsule a bunch of the teams this week. We're going to go through with three weeks remaining. Look at the season-long win totals at the beginning of the season. For instance, Jacksonville Jaguars had six and a half games for their season-long win total. I have to tell you, if you took the over on that, it's not happening yeah. this year. But we're going to go through all the bets that we gave out, all the bets you could have taken, see what you can be looking for at the end of the year, and try to figure out where these teams are with three weeks to go. But before we get there, there's another bet that I've been itching to make. And I kind of don't want to talk about it because I understand that it it should be thrown away as soon as you mention it. And our good friend Austin Huff, who just had his baby girl, congratulations, Austin Huff. Uh, you should probably block your ears when I'm going to say this, but Schaefer the Sharp. With all of the quarterbacks having relatively pedestrian years for the greatness that they are, there is no one quarterback that stands out above the fray. Tom Brady was just shut out for the first time since 2006. God. Aaron Rodgers obviously had the whole COVID issue. It's tough to call the COVID man and most valuable player for a team that he can barely play for. Is the MVP of the league Jonathan Taylor, and why should I not bet it right now? Well, you shouldn't have bet right now because he's not going to win because it's a quarterback's award yeah. and they'll find a way to give it to a quarterback. However, you may not, as far as to provide, to provide more most value for his team. I mean, Carson Wentz, guys, he had the Mac Jones win game indoors. Yes, he really did. Yes, and 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 they got to win. They got to win. So Jonathan Taylor has quickly established himself, and 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 we'll get into this later on during the Shave of the Sharp rant. But again. Who would have a million in a million years when Saquon Barkley came out with the best prospect in mm. centuries as running back? And who would have even thought four years later, Jonathan Taylor is not only a superior running back, he's light years ahead of him. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. So he has established himself as the premier back in the NFL, of course, minus uh, the train. That's D. Henry, the rhinoceros in the backfield, in Nashville. Um, but he's awesome, man. He's an awesome player. I will say he's not very smart because uh, if he breaks that fucking run and goes down, the game is over. And I hit my teaser. Just go down, Jonathan. You selfish. 
guy. But he's running for the MVP. I'm telling you, I understand as a quarterback. You got to go down Ward, there, though. And you got to go down Henry, there, JT. Derrick Henry had 2,000 yards last year, breaking records all over the place. He didn't even get a vote for MVP. But look at the yeah. guys he was competing with last year. It is not only an award for most valuable player, but it's also most valuable player for that season. The rest of the league is not having a breakout. There is no breakout star when it comes to the MVP race. I really think Jonathan Taylor has a chance here. And what is traditionally a storyline award? Dangles, you I saw mean, it firsthand. He could not be stopped against the best defense in the NFL that the Patriots had. The best defense in the NFL. And Jonathan Taylor ate yup. I mean, I guess, you know, the question becomes like, what does he have to do in order to get it, right? Because last year we had a 2,000-yard rusher in Derrick Henry yes. who ran all over the NFL, and he didn't get the MVP award, obviously went to Aaron Rodgers. And so, you know, and again, I, get, I think you could probably argue which player was more valuable to their team, um, and it, there's arguments to be made on both sides there, but I think that's an, that's ultimately the question you have to ask. Is like, And, and I, I, what I wonder about is, like, what more does he have to do? Like, does he have to, you know, you know it's a, it's a regular season award, so how they do in the playoffs doesn't matter. At what point are we going to say, okay, this can go to a running back and they have outperformed a quarterback? Or is the quarterback position in and of itself just so valuable that that's where the award has to end up? But, Tony, I think I have a solution for you. Forget betting for MVP, me and Dangles, and you in your heart know he's never going to win MVP in a million years. That is a quarterback's award. However, our friends from DraftKings right now, they have listed Offensive Player of the Year. Okay, everyone is above 35 to one, with the exception of two guys, Jonathan Taylor, a small favorite, minus 110 and Cooper Cup plus 120. Uh, if you want to split hairs between those guys, who's 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 the offensive player of the year? Good luck. But that is where you should invest your lot if you want to cast a, a award for Jonathan Taylor. It won't be MVP. But he's literally the favorite for offensive player of the year. Fair, fair point, and I'll uh, I, I like that offensive player of the year, Drew. I might take you up on that. But talking about casting your lot, we've cast our lot quite a bit on this show, and it is time to go back for when we cast our lot before a snap was even had. At the beginning of the year, we had a bunch of friends come on, and we broke down each division. Mary fuck killed each division before the season, and each of us here gave out a season-long win total lean on one of the teams here. Only three games remain. I wanted to see where we were on those season-long win totals. So let's go through them one by one. We're going to start off with the AFC. We'll take a break in between, go to Dr. Dangles, because I, I, I know Drew won his 10 points of bets. I did not, and I definitely need a trip to the doctor this week. And then we're going to end with the NFC. Don't worry about gravestones. That's coming on the Thursday show because yours truly needs to kill the football team. And I need to see what happens. Uh, needs to need to see what happens on Tuesday night before I do so. But let's start off with the AFC East dangles. This one's easy. All three of us gave out the Patriots over nine and a half win total. They sit at nine wins right now. The Bills sit at 11 wins. They're not going to get there, folks. They could win out. They could push. They're not going to hit it. Miami, nine and a half wins at the beginning of the season. They went one and seven and could somehow, if they continue to win mm. out, get that over. So if you have the over ticket on nine and a half, hold on to it. It ain't dead yet. Pretty dead. And then finally, the New York football Jets. Their number was six at the beginning of the season. I have to say, they're not winning out to get that push. If you took the over on the New York Jets, Robert Sala's not your guy. Dangles. 
the New England Patriots. Are they going to get their 10th win of the season this weekend against Buffalo? Are we going to be able to cash these overs right here, right now, or do we have to wait till Week 17? You know, this is almost, this is kind of a hard game to handicap because the last meeting between these two teams was so much of an anomaly yeah. and so strange that it's. I think it's kind of hard to, at this point at least, to kind of think about how this game is, is going to come out. You know that loss stuck in the Bills' craw at home. The Patriots only passing the ball three times, running it down their throat all game long. Um, I mean, look, the Bills, we all know about the Bills' record in Gillette. Obviously, that is under Tom Brady. Um, but I, I don't know how much has changed in between now and then for me to be sitting here going, you know, I think the Bills really are bringing something different in. It's going to come down to the game plan, I think, in the game, the game scheme. Um, both of our, our teams have a pretty easy uh, rest of the schedule out of here. We got the after the Bills, after this Bills Patriots matchup, the Patriots have the Jags and then the Dolphins. And then meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills, uh, after the Patriots matchup, have the Falcons and the Jets. So this matchup is incredibly crucial for both of these teams. It's the Be AFC's champion. It basically is. You're right, because they will probably, both these teams probably win those final two games, unless maybe the Falcons get sneaky. I'll be blown away if the Patriots lose to the Dolphins and the Jaguars, either of those games. Uh, yeah, and then watch out for those Dolphins. But Daggles. They're sneaky. I, I, they're <laughs> sneaky. But I don't think they, I don't think they beat us. That game is not in Miami, and we're much better at home than we are this game this this may very well come down this division to conference record because the teams right now are equal uh in their division record uh and they only have one more game after this bills patriots game so this may very well be decided by in conference record when it's all said and done you're wrong dangles it is right here right now this is the game because if the bills win and the patriots lose that division well, record that is goes flipped and saying. vice versa i'm just saying this is the afc's championship yes. shape of the sharp you hate hedging but on this show, I gave out New oh, England Patriots God. to win the AFCs to plus 400. Am I dumb mm -hmm. to take a bet, uh, Buffalo Bills money line to hedge a little bit of that bet this weekend? Yes. Move next question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any fear that the New England Patriots aren't going to win this division and win this weekend? Do you think the Bills stand a chance here? I mean, absolutely. The line right now, guys, is two and a half. I can tell you my snap lean uh, when I saw the line was I do lean the Patriots uh, just because – the fact they were able to win uh, by not really having a part of their offense, which we saw in the second half of the Colts game, Mac Jones can throw the ball a little bit. Um, I was very nervous holding those, holding the Roy tickets that we have. I was like, man, is this going to be the Mac Jones stinker similar to the Tom Brady stinker that's going to put a big dent in his MVP chances? <laughs> Another ticket shave the sharp pass. Thank you very much. And uh, he answered the bell in the second half. But I think it's a great game. Um, uh but yeah, of course the Bills. The Bills. You know, anytime you got Josh Allen and you and you got uh, the, that defense that obviously handled the Patriots uh, to the extent they did. Granted, they didn't throw the ball. I think it's gonna be a great game. Um, Excellent. But game. I do not. But don't don't hedge, Tony. Don't do it. Oh man, it's tough. Let's move on to the AFC North, however, because both me and Dangles had the same bet here. Pittsburgh over eight and a half. I also gave out Pittsburgh to make the playoffs as my best bet of the year, plus two twenty. They keep finding ways to stay in games <laughs> late. They keep finding ways to do it. They are essentially the a a AFC's version of the Minnesota Vikings. Every single game yeah. they play, regardless of competition, it comes down to the wire, and either Big Ben delivers or he does not. 
Dangles, we need two wins by the Pittsburgh Steelers to hit that bet. Schaefer the Sharp, ha- hate to say this, you've already lost your season long on this. You took the under Cincinnati six and a half. We already talked about how the rule of the jungle quest for seven has been completed. The other two teams in this conference, Baltimore Ravens, 11 wins was their number. They'd have to win out to push that, and it ain't going to happen, folks. And then finally, the Cleveland Browns officially are dead 10.5 was their number at the beginning of the season. 10.5. Man. They've, In hindsight, that looks pretty aggressive number. <laughs> they've clinched the under on that one. I was going to ask, Drew, Baltimore at 11, Cleveland yep. at 10.5. Which one surprises you more? Or does Cincinnati 6.5 surprise you? Because right now they're leading the, the division at 8-6. and six. Well, i got to be honest with you, uh, Tony Squares. I will post all my preseason bets on my Twitter when they have been completed. And, uh, you know, obviously we recorded the preseason pods before the fo- before football started, but the weekend before week one, I actually cast all my lots. And would you believe the only AFC North ticket future I have? Baltimore under 11. So I'm holding that Atta ticket. Boy. I'm, I'm feeling very good about that ticket. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I'm excited to rank Mr. Huntley in our QB list at the end of the year, man. That guy, that guy can play. I was very, very, very impressed. And I don't think it's like a flash in the pan type thing. Um, I I liked what I saw from him. So uh, I will say I'm most proud of my Ravens minus 11. It does not surprise me because I'm holding it. That Pittsburgh team's just so bizarre. The fact that they're still even in the mix is so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) And, And I actually looked at their percentage to make the playoffs before we got on Tony. It's like, 21%. 21%. But they're like, aren't they in right now? It's like so weird. They're just <laughs> that a bizarre tie team. fucks it all up. Baltimore, yeah. however, again, eight wins right now in the season. You have under 11. They have Cincinnati, the Rams, and Pittsburgh remaining. Again, obviously Lamar's injured, but Huntley did not look like, didn't look like it was that far of a fall to go to Huntley. Dangles, again, we have that Pittsburgh team. We need them to it's... go 2-1. and one. Kansas City, Cleveland, and Baltimore. You telling me they can't beat <sighs> Cleveland and Baltimore, Dangles? I don't. That's the problem i don't know if they can be cleveland and baltimore <laughs> this is the main issue with this steelers team is we just as you said we don't know what we're gonna get big ben's either good they always play to the buzzer uh, that's something yeah. to be you know to be happy about if you're someone who likes to bet on them but I, I, I it's i'm i'm mad of course in hindsight that we put our money down on this because this team has been so erratic this year but god how mad must you be if you're somebody who took the over on the Browns season long and the thing that sunk it was a covid game that nick mullins had to start i would i would have set my ticket on fire already like uh. I uh, just absolutely <laughs> infuriating it is going to be a tough road though to get there to have to go on the road to Arrowhead uh, to, uh, to have two out of three the last three be on the road in two tough places to play Arrowhead being one of them and then to have the Browns who I mean again they could be they have a good defense they could be sneaky if they get their offensive players back and you know Nick Chubb takes over a game so it's an uphill battle for sure well my favorite win total is coming up the one that we still have it's not me and Dangles again in the AFC South we both took Indy over nine. I have a lot of confidence that that Indy team with eight wins right now is going to hit that over. Their final three opponents are Arizona, Vegas Raiders, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go, Indy. Jacksonville, as we said at the beginning of the show, six and a half was their win total. 
under tickets. Oh. You could already cash that one in. Tennessee, nine wins was their win total. They have nine wins on the season. Just need one more win. But can they do it with nobody on their team? How many people need to get injured before Tennessee can't win any more games? Might have already happened. And my favorite one, though, is Drew's favorite one at the top of the year. Houston under four. Houston has three wins right now. Two of them have come against Jacksonville. They don't have an easy game remaining, but can they pull a Lions win out of their ass, Drew? Houston, three wins on the season. You have under four. How you feeling? They will not pull a win out of their <laughs> ass because, as you just said, Tony, two of the three wins came against the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> yeah. and what would what would the number three one be? I don't know. The Titans, when they had Austin Huff and Ryan Hurd line up as slot receivers? No. <laughs> they haven't beat anybody of substance this all year. So we're good. The Houston Texans will finish with three wins. Speaking of that quarterback list that we will do the starting the week after the Super Bowl, Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick from last year's draft. I, I'm going to do some research on where Tony, we... Tony, I thought all number one picks were just superstars and world changers and <laughs> franchise-altering egos. I'm going to do some research on where we've placed number one quarterbacks the first time they've entered that list. I have a feeling Trevor's going to be near... The lowest, and Trevor Lawrence has nine touchdown passes and 504 throws this year. Davis Mills has 10 touchdown passes and 302 throws this year. It's going to be interesting I mean, to see how wow, many people rank wow, above wow. Trevor Lawrence this well, year. Well, and I, wow. think, I think the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, how much of that is attributable to the tire fire that was sure. the coaching administration there? I love the I, Texans I, are a tire fire, and Davis Mills is producing at a better rate. But their coaching rate. staff is it? Those guys want to play for David Culley. They never wanted to play for Urban Meyer. He lost that locker room early, <laughs> early on in that season. The Texans want to play for David Culley more than the Jaguars, even if they don't want to play for him. They want to do it more than the Jaguars wanted <laughs> to play for Urban Meyer. So let's see, because here's what I here's what I think happens, and it's not it's not rocket science. The Jaguars, if they're smart will hire Byron Leftwich to be the next head coach of their no. team and he no will chance. he will quarterback whisper uh Trevor Lawrence into into prosperity. It makes perfect sense as a fit no. for him, yeah. especially if Tampa Bay goes and and does big things no this year. I why do you say that? Uh I yeah, I'm, I'm curious why you say that too. I that think I understand Byron Leftwich coming back to Jacksonville. Yeah, rah 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 it's going to be great. Uh, I have a feeling Shad Khan goes with a guy that he's going to take zero chances on. The absolute Easiest Jim pick. Caldwell brings in Byron Leftwich. Jim Caldwell or Marvin Lewis. I think Marvin Lewis would be the person oh. I'd put money on the most see, to be the next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't see Byron Leftwich as taking a chance. Not necessarily because I think I think Just, he will feel comfortable putting his confidence in him because he knows that Byron knows Jacksonville and knows the organization. Now, even I get that. if he hasn't I, been, I get that. even if he hasn't been a head coach before. I think he goes safe yeah. as possible option. And I, I do think a, a team like that, I do think they'll be looking for a coach with prior head coaching experience. But I do like the combination of a Caldwell-Leftwich. Dangs, I want to get your opinion on this as a working journalist. Did you hear on the Rich Eisen show that that Tuesday that Urban Meyer was fired, he left He left after a team meeting at 8.30. The coaches did not know where he was. The players did not know where he was. And do you know what he was doing? He was, he was with his legal counsel – 
He was with his legal counsel trying to refute Josh Lambeau's story and negotiating with the Tampa Bay Times not to publish it at the 4 p.m. deadline. That's insane. Wow. He was actually on – he was not fired yet. He was on company time. He was supposed to be game planning for the wow. Texans, and he was literally with his legal counsel <laughs> – Calling into reporters saying, "Hey, I have these guys off. They're like trying to offer them players to make a statement off the record, the real account." Faith, family, football. Faith, yeah, faith family, family, football. Man football. Of the word. Again, Urban, we'd love to have you we on love the you. show. If, we, if you have, we would. If you ever want to, you come were once on. a proud member of the Evergreen. We'd love community. to have you on the show. Evergreen umbrella. I think Share that bridge that well. has. I think that bridge has been burned, uh, destroyed. Uh, Not by Tony Squares. Grind it on. Grind it on. <laughs> Look at the past. I, I have you a did. history Tony's of being congratulations. Congratulations, you Tony's are. Tony's the company man. Con- congratulations, you are a Tony suck up. I hope you can sleep with yourself at night. All right, Doctor Dangle, settle down. We got one more AFC division to do before we move on. It's the AFC West. Kansas City had the largest number in the NFL at the start of the season. It was 12 and a half. And Kansas City, with all the trouble that they had early in the season, would need to just win out to hit that over. Kansas City's final three games, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Denver. I mean, they could easily win out and be the one seed here with a 13 win. In fact, that was Dangles' best bet of the AFC West was that Kansas City over. Denver Broncos over eight and a half was Drew's best bet. I mean... I can't tell you what's going to happen, Drew. Every time Denver takes the field, they're hit or miss, whether they're going to play. They have a very good defense. The offense is really, really bad unless they're handing it off to Javante Williams. Teddy Bridgewater took a really scary hit, and Drew Locke came in the game, although they say that Teddy Bridgewater is okay. He should be able to play in the future, maybe even the next game. They'd need to go two and one to hit that over, Drew, and I, 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 I don't know. And my the bet, only thing I do know is if yeah. Drew Locke quarterbacks for that team, they will not hit that over. Thank it's you very not, much. That's going to be it's not the happening. Their last three games, though, uh, the Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City might be sitting people in that Week 18 game. Who knows? And then finally, my Las Vegas Raider bet. I took the under seven. They are at seven, and honestly, I think I can still push. I don't think the Raiders win another game this season. Uh, They somehow almost lost to the Browns and Nick Mullins. I don't think they win another game. Uh, I'm I'm ready to push and get my money back on that one. And then finally, the Los Angeles Chargers. This is the one we all should have taken. Their number was nine, nine and a half. I think they're going to hit the over. They have eight wins on the season. We have all have our bets on this. Schaefer the Sharp, Los Angeles Chargers. They look like an... uh, uh, they look like a wild card team, maybe even the top wild card team. Their number is nine and a half. You think they get to that ten? Oh man, they have to go two and one the last three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, and what did we see? What did we see on Thursday night? I saw a team. Well, well, first of all, they play the Texans next week, so That's we'll dub. give them that one. Yeah, yeah. So they basically have games against the Broncos and Raiders. I'll make a prediction here, a big prediction. I'm going to predict a yes. They will hit their win total, but I also predict they will be a first-round exit from the playoffs. Mm. First-round exit. I do, Why is that? I do think that team has first-round exit written all over it. Well, I think Why Tony will speak on it later. Well, Tony, uh, I think it might have something to do with, you know, you drive down the field of the opening series. You have maybe fourth and six inside the 20. You might want to get points on the board. But um, Mr. Staley, once hailed as this innovative genius by myself, Early in the year, loved him. Um, 
Seems like the analytics aren't really going his way. Do you have anything to say about that, Tony? I do. Uh, I actually got into a couple of Twitter fights on the old Twitter during that game because of how many times Brandon Staley went for it on fourth down and failed to convert. And it's an interesting situation when you go on the Twitter world uh, and it's against this analytics thing because the analytics people, they're tough. They are dead set on, listen, you dummy. Seven times 0.52, which is 52% of the time you convert on this fourth down, a.k.a. get the seven. Seven times 0.52 is more than three times 0.98. That's a field goal percentage, how you get that if you need help figuring that one out. I understand the math. I am not a buffoon. But what the analytics people seem to not understand is sometimes that 0.52 leads to zero and most of the time that 0.98 leads to three and i'm not saying that every single time you should kick a field goal no chance in hell i actually like brandon staley's mindset most of the time i would like you to think outside the box as a head coach and be more aggressive especially when you have faith in that offensive unit you have justin herbert all that stuff i mean we we, how many times we see ryan Tannehill go for it on fourth down successfully against pittsburgh like sometimes you have the ability and the team to do so and you do it and you attack but there are some times in certain moments of the game like at the end of the first half when at worst if you don't get this touchdown and you kick three if you don't get this touchdown Guess what? You don't pin the other team deep on their one-yard line because the game's over. The half's over. You go to the locker rooms. There's no benefit to your defense if you fail here. Sometimes when it comes to moments in the game, take the goddamn three points. I understand the Steve Fezzigs of the world are going to get angry at you and call you a buffoon. Seven times, .52. Fuck off. Three points mean something in the NFL, especially when it's a chip shot field goal that anyone on this podcast could hit. Blew my mind to bring up the other side of this argument and get lambasted that I am a buffoon who doesn't know anything about football. I think I might be alone on this podcast and thinking that sometimes you might want a field goal, but I'll stand by it till the day I die. Tony, I, th- I think we can even make things more simplified uh, in a sense, especially in the first half. If you have first and goal inside the five and you can't score in your first three plays, why are you so confident you can score in the fourth? I, 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 I really, I, you know, if the situation doesn't call for it, honestly, of course, you're down eight. It's in the middle of the fourth quarter. You know, you go for it. But that, that's my thing. I, I didn't did even the mind that first Baltimore drive. did the same thing. You have a backup quarterback. Yeah. You're playing the best team in the NFC. And you take you know, the best kicker in the world, and you basically take three points off the board to go for it in the first quarter. In the first, or it was the first half. It's just it 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 doesn't make sense to me too. It really doesn't. I I, I understand the math. The worst part is it's the arguments yeah, that people get into online yeah. that you're a buffoon if you think they should go. Everyone who thinks they should go for three is an idiot. Go fuck yourself. I understand the math. You have to understand the situation in the game. For instance, yeah. I didn't mind that first drive by the Chargers against Kansas City trying to go for it on fourth and goal. Hey. Go for it. Try to get seven early. If you fuck up, at least Pat Mahomes is pinned deep. The rest of the game, though, the other 17 times he tried to go for it on fourth down, give me a field goal just once. Just just, just once. 
Because sometimes three is more than zero. Dangles. Well, and sometimes that goes the other way, right? We talked about, you know, we talked about, you know, short Belichick answers earlier, but in his press conference, I believe it was on Monday, he was asked about his decision to kick a field goal and trim the deficit from seven uh, to three points as opposed to going for it on a fourth and seven call there. And he ended up taking the points, Tony, Tony, to your point. And that was the thing he talked the most about in the whole damn press conference was explaining exactly what you're talking about, sort of like, and Belichick, I don't think is one to rely to have I think he looks at analytics um and and I think and I actually I think I heard Nick Saban talking about this too recently in a video clip where you know he was talking about his use of analytics and he was like sometimes I look at them and I agree with what they say and sometimes I look at them and I see things that make me disagree with what the analytics say and think it makes more sense to go so again I I I think it I, I I think it's not one all one or the other I think it's very easy to be like the analytics are right every time because it's numbers and that's how math people are and you can't you can't have an argue you can't have an argument with them. But I I completely agree with you. It does have to be a situational decision, and especially if you're a long tenured football coach, you have a feeling for that. You know what that is. Some of these younger guys maybe they don't feel like they have that sixth sense, if you will. You know what I mean for the football game, and they have to rely more heavily on these analytics. Plus, analytics are sexy these days, and every team spends hundreds of millions of dollars on maybe not hundreds of millions, but a lot of fucking money on their analytics department every year. And, uh, to me, analytics is a tool in the toolbox, much like the RPO or play action on first down. Analytics is yes. a tool in the toolbox. It is not the Bible to be worshipped, and that's all I want out of you Twitter folks, but that's it for talking to the AFC. Let's move on to Dr. Dangles. As you can tell, I have a lot of pent up frustration here. It's time to let it out. It's time to go to the doctor and that's coming up next. Dub C to the G West coast gamblers. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of warriors in their own words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Let's get right to it, boys. The doctor is in. It is time to feel our feelings. It is time to get real. It is time to get raw. It is time once again for Dr. Dangles. Uh, uh, doctor, I do love those glasses. Um, I, I just wanted to make sure before we start, we're alone on this one, right? It's just me and you for today. I requested that, and I just wanted to make sure that... Yes, all of these conversations are confidential. As always, they are not published or put out in broadcast form. You cannot find them on the Gaming Society YouTube page or uh, by searching West Coast Gamblers on Spotify or by following us on Twitter. None of those places can you find any of the things that are discussed here in these sessions. Total, conf Totally confidential. I want you to be comfortable. That's great. Uh, I'm very comfortable now that I know that Shafe of the Sharp is not here because my uh, little Dr. Dangles bit has to be about him today. Okay. Well, me and him relationship that we have together. Um, so <clears throat> for the past few weeks, I've done pretty well in the gambling world, and I may have been a little ham-fisted with my gloating about how far ahead I was of him. And then uh, this week, 
he uh, he did really well, and I did not, and now we're tied. And I'm just a little worried that you know, I I'm just a little worried that the sharp is now on my heels, and I've said so much in the beginning, and now it's gonna be a whole thing if I end up losing to this guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do, and I, I'm honestly I'm shocked, Tony Squares, because it's so. Um, at least based on what I know about you, and I've known you for some time, out of character for you to be ham-handed uh, with your your gloating yeah. in any capacity whatsoever. Um, so, so I am I am surprised in, in a sense to hear that. But hey, I mean, you know, if you don't gloat, you can just kind of be silent. I, I, I when you win, I often find that the silence is much more digging and and hurts more no, when no, they, no. you when but you what know that they know win? you're right. But what if you don't win? You know what I'm saying? Like, what What if I don't end up pulling this off and the sharp ends up overtaking me after months of me ridiculing him? What happens if I don't actually pull this out? Like, I think you know. he's going to take his paw and put it on the back of your head, or, uh, your head and rub your face in it. And he will deserve every moment of said face rubbing, uh, especially considering the ham-handed uh, gloating that went on. Uh, I think this speaks to a lesson in life of just sometimes you gotta you gotta eat crow. Now we're not there yet. Maybe you don't have to, right? Maybe 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 it works out, and maybe maybe you don't win. But um, but with Schaefer the sharp on sharp on your heels, you may have to pay the piper come uh, you know sometime soon, and that that has to be a calculated risk that you take when you gloat, Tony Squares. Guys, so sorry. I, I, I was late for the session. Um, I hope I didn't miss anything. I was counting my money from uh, oh, last you're weekend. Just in time, Schaefer the Sharp. Okay. Yes, Tony Squares was just telling me that you had a quite a good uh, gambling weekend. Uh, you had a great last week. Weekend. I did. You had a great week. I, I did. I did, Doctor. I appreciate that. You know, I was just trying to keep up with, uh, you know, the Doctor having a ten point week, and, and obviously Squares having a ten point week early in the season. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm actually here to talk to you, Doctor. As you know, I'm a passionate fan of the Detroit Lions. Um, and as you know, uh, our history is what you would call a non-existent as far as successful. Um, so we don't get a lot of opportunities uh, to celebrate wins. Um, and on Sunday, uh, wouldn't you know, we were playing the then number one seed in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals, who, as you know, uh, on the show, I'm not really a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury or the Arizona Cardinals at all. And by God, the Detroit Lions not only won, they whipped their ass. And I was thinking, I'm excited about this. This is great. This is building for the future. But I get a lot of inbound complaints from my friends, from colleagues, from people that are passionate about the Lions saying, ah, well, you know, we're losing we're losing draft slots. We're losing that number one overall pick. And I don't even know how to talk to them, doctor. Like, what, what am I supposed to respond to that? I, I mean, prep me for what I'm about to say in the next segment. I think I think what you say in the next segment is enjoy the opportunity now while it lasts to be mad about winning because yes. after 20 years of winning and people still being mad it gets old. It gets old after a while. Not the winning part, but the people being mad about the winning. The Detroit Lions are probably not going to be doing a whole lot of winning, at least in the next two or three years until they really get their legs under them. So I would say enjoy the opportunity to be mad about a win while it lasts, because it probably won't last long, considering we're talking about the Detroit Lions. And that is our time for today. Coming up next, we are going to preview uh, or take a look back, I should say, at our season-long bets for the NFC win totals. We'll go back, take a look, recap what we did, see how we're doing. But first, a word from our sponsor. West, 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 West Coast Gamblers. 
Tis the season of giving and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a Christmas present you won't want to re-gift. That was a great line, read, Tony. Good job. New customers can bet just $5 on any of the four NFL teams playing on Christmas and win 150 in free bets. That's $5 to 150 if they're victorious. Why not win some green and put some extra jingle in your pocket? That's a terrible line, DraftKings. If the sportsbook isn't available, Available in your state, yet your Christmas can still be merry. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars of total prizes with their first deposit. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code WCG. That's West Coast Gamblers WCG. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win on Christmas Day and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. Promo code WCG this Christmas at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, the code WCG. And now for the NFC. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Well, thank you, DraftKings. Great read by myself, if I do say so myself. It's time to talk about the NFC season-long win totals that we placed beforehand, see where we're at right now, and see how the season's going to continue. Guys, congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys. They have pretty much wrapped up the NFC East. Their win total also has been wrapped up. It was 9 at the beginning of the year. They're already at 10. They look like they're going to win out. Dangles, you and I, again, I I didn't notice we bet pretty much the same thing on most of these. You and I both have the New York Giants under seven. They would have to win out in order to push that number. Dangles, high five. They ain't winning out, baby. They are not not winning winning out. out. Not without Daniel Jones, Eagles, Bears, and Washington. Two of those games on the road. I just do not see them winning all of those. Joe Judge is about to join uh, uh, Urban Meyer on the unemployment line, let me tell you. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, there's a game tonight, obviously, for Philadelphia and Washington. And Philly, if they win, could hit their over on win total. It was just six and a half at the beginning of the year. It shows you how how little people had hope for that Philadelphia team under Nick Sirianni. And Schaefer the Sharp, you had Washington football team over eight and a half. You also thought they were going to be winning this division, or at least in the hunt for it. Listen, they still have four games, including the game tonight. Obviously, COVID has ravaged that team. They're six and seven right now playing Philly tonight. Eight and a half is their win total. They'd have to go three and one until order to hit your over. Is there a snowflake's chance in hell that that happens? Depends on the snowflake, but uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sticking my <laughs> tongue out for it to land on it. I'll tell you that much. Well, uh, that is the NFC's. But Listen, Dallas- Washington football team, by the way, going to be without seven assistant coaches in this game tonight. Yeah. It's going to be, be, be tough. Dallas, by the way, all the division leaders either lost or played a close game like Green Bay, except for Dallas. Dallas came out and just walked right over Mike Glennon. By the way, Mike Glennon's trying real hard for the Nathan Peterman Award in our QB rankings this year. But Mike, Mike Glennon has a lot more money than Nathan Peterman, so I don't think he'll yeah. ever really truly win that award. <laughs> He might get a statue from West Coast Gamblers this year, just saying. But the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys this week showed that, hey, good teams win, great teams cover. Should we uh, start believing in Dallas a little bit more with, like, Arizona not showing up, Tampa Bay not showing up, Green Bay letting people back? Again, Dallas is sneaky out there. They could end up with a two-seed, one-seed themselves. No. 
<laughs> yeah, I lean. I also lean no, um, because Mojo Mike, um, and because their defense can fall apart <laughs> and let bad teams beat them, like the Raiders or the Broncos. I had that Brinks truck bet on the Cowboys on Sunday. Let me tell you what, that literally was not in the bag until the last play of yeah. the freaking game. Yep. Just holding your breath for that team. I have no idea what to expect from them. I just know the Giants sucked, and I was good to get that handicap right. The Giants suck. Real rocket science. That's sharp analysis. <laughs> well, Call me Warren. That's why people on. come to the show. Let's move on to the NFC North. You know what team does not suck? Your NFC leading and the only team in the NFL to clinch a playoff spot and also clinch their division, the NFC North leading Green Bay Packers. 11 wins on the season. Congratulations, Drew. Congratulations, Dangles. You both had the over 10.5 on Green Bay, and it's already hit with three games remaining. Myself, the Green Bay homer over here did not take the Green Bay over 10.5. I can't remember if I was worried about jinxing. I can't remember if I was thinking they were just going to be a 10-win team. No, no. Instead, I tried to outsmart myself and took Chicago over 7.5. With their loss to the Vikings on Monday night. about that. They have clinched the under. Matt Nagy, thank you for helping me out. You know what's bad? You know what's bad? I even have Minnesota under and then crossed it off and wrote Chicago over seven and a half. Minnesota's (laughs) number, by the way, was nine. They are a seven-win team right now. And Detroit was four and a half. They would need to win out in order to hit the over on that number. Very much still in play, that four and a half with two wins on the season and three games remaining. Now, Normally, I'd say there's no chance that Detroit's going to win another game. They've been so terrible all year when it keeps on raining. The levee's going to break. That's been my quote for the Detroit Lions all year. Two wins on the season. for the Sharp, I know in your heart you do not want them to win another game. You want them to tank, correct? Oh, yeah, Tony. You just you just got it right right on the nose there, bud. Okay. Uh let me let me just speak let me speak freely for a second if I may if I may. Do you so, not usually? Like I, it's your show. No, it's, you're right, Dangles. You're right, Dangles. Um, as I, I as I uh, talked about in Doctor Dangles, I got a flurry of texts uh, when the Lions were uh, apparent they were going to beat the Cardinals, and oh my God, they're this this is infuriating this win because they're losing the number one draft pick. There was four weeks in the season left. I think people are smart enough to understand that the NFL is a business, okay? These players get paid. These players get graded on every play they every snap of every play they get a grade on. They're playing for contracts. They're playing for jobs for next for other teams. They are playing it's football. It's 11-11. This isn't the NBA where you can not sign anybody on a salary cap, avoid the luxury tax and run out a team that has a total salary cap less than LeBron James's yearly salary. This isn't Major League Baseball where you can, you know, sell your whole team all-star break and then bring up farm system players knowing they're not ready for the show and lose seven out of ten baseball games. This isn't like that. This is the NFL, and the the talent margin is razor thin. And I just want to tell you guys, everyone that thinks the Lions went in there and, you know, beat the Cardinals with their A game, these these are these are starting players for the Detroit Lions. On Sunday, Dean Marlowe, Craig Reynolds, Jesse Lemoner, Brady Breeze, Curtis Bolden. You know what those guys have in common? Madden None of them generated were drafted. names. None of them were drafted with the exception of six-rounder Brady Breeze. And before That's a hell of a name. I get That's a on, great name. That's a hell of yeah, a name. And before I get on this thing with draft, 
and and and, and someone told me, oh, if the Lions would have won one less game last year, they could have got third overall. They could have had Trey Lance right now. Oh, instead they got Panay Sewell, potentially an All Pro as a rookie, who's been a truck, and a stalwart, who's who's going to be in the franchise for ten years. So once and for all, NFL players do not tank. They will never tank. The only example we have of a blatant tanking, and the only time it would be applicable for any team to tank, is if a loss guarantees a draft slot, i.e. last year, Philadelphia at Washington. That was a clear evidence of them tanking because it guaranteed them a draft slot. But guess what? Guys, it's not where you draft. It's how you draft. Guess who was drafted after Paxton Lynch? One pick after. Kenny Clark. Guess who was drafted after Johnny Manziel? One pick after. D. Ford. Oh, the third overall pick, Mr. Trey Lance, who, by the way, we have no idea in hell if he's going to be good or not. You know what other quarterback went through overall? Blake Bortles, Sam Darnold. How are they doing right now? Not good. I'm sick of this shit. You don't tank in the NFL. You play to win. You have a culture. I get it. Is it frustrating for fans? Oh, yeah. We're going to drop one. We're going to drop one slot in the draft. You know, no. If you saw Dan Campbell's post-game locker room speech, which I sent you guys, yep. that is a team that believes in one another. They know they're building something from the ground up. They know I have a t- long, long way to go. This isn't going to be next year, probably the year after that. But they're building something, and they're remembering what it feels like to not only win, but beat a contender. They beat a contender, the number one overall seed. That's my that's my rant. I'm off. Well, uh, congratulations, Drew. You did that whole rant and also dropped a Danny Green famous, uh, you play to win the game. That's a Absolutely. that's an all time. I, I think that was uh, that's Herm that was Herman Herm that was Edwards. Herb. That was Herm Herb. Edwards. Yeah, that was one, Herm. one of the great lines of all time. You play to win the game. Uh, Detroit played to win that game. I I am so happy that they beat Arizona, and I'll tell you why in one second. But first, let's talk about the NFC South real fast. Uh, Dangles, you and I were the opposite on this terrible New Orleans team. You said they were going to get over nine wins. I said they were going to get under nine wins. They sit at seven wins right now. Frankly, I couldn't tell you what they're going to do over the next three games. Both of our bets still very much in play. Drew, yours is as well. You have the Tampa Bay Brady Nears over 12 wins. They have 10 on the season. They'll need to win out to hit that number. Very good chance that they do. The other two teams... The awful Carolina Panthers, seven and a half wins was their total. They need to win out with Cam Newton to hit the over. Sorry, TJ, that's not happening. And the Atlanta Falcons at six and eight. Their season-long win total at the start of the year for the 32nd-ranked DVOA team was seven and a half. Another team that is two wins away from hitting their over somehow, someway again. Give Arthur Smith some Coach of the Year credit because that team sucks, and they're still finding ways to win games. But shape of the sharp. Me and Dangles can't figure out New Orleans. New Orleans figures out Tampa Bay, Brady Nears every time they play them. You have two wins remaining to push, three wins remaining to hit your Tampa Bay over. You're already pretty much locking up Tampa Bay and Green Bay to win their divisions, a little parlay you played. How do you feel about Tampa's season-long win total here? I text you guys this, but uh, (laughs) with Godwin out for the year, that's not a small loss. And I just love – I love – how the Bucks said when AB came into town, screw up once, you're gone. Okay, screw up twice. Screw up twice. AB will be back. That is an integral part of that team's success moving forward. So, 
I, Listen, I, 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 I like their future. He tweeted out, Antonio Brown tweeted out today, put some respect on my name, y'all be wildin'. Hey, listen, uh, we, we will, uh, I guess we got to put respect on his name, right, Dangles? Something like that, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> or, or respect on his chef's name or, or something like that, I don't, I don't fucking know. I, I, don't under, <laughs> I don't understand it either, how, he, and how he, still, he still has a job. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, you know, like four and ten right now, Antonio Brown is, is a... a a cab driver. <laughs> I don't know about cab driver. I'm sure he'd find like a place in Seattle or whatever, but yeah, Antonio Brown, interesting character. And now uh, a necessary part of this Tampa Bay team. Like he's going to be the, uh, cause Mike Evans is also out for a while week to week with a hamstring injury. Leonard, Leonard Fournette's going to be out for a little while. Gronkowski obviously isn't the Gronkowski of old. They need Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. He is a necessary facet of this oh, yeah. team. By I'm- the way, by the way, uh, Bruce Arians' response to what's changed. Well, the history has changed since that statement. A lot of things went on last year that I was very proud of him, and I made a decision that was best for our football team. End quote. Good for you, Bruce. Hey, he's a football coach. He's the best football player available. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many bad things he's done. I mean, done. look, with he's Chris Godwin, once, but, but here's the thing. What do we have to what what do we have to to trust him on that it's not going to happen again? And what if it's absolutely going to happen again? And what if that happens? I don't know. Wild card weekend, divisional weekend, three times again. A B three three times. Right? Like, are we just going to go three? Like, you know, because it it makes sense. Three is such a nice number. This sets a precedent for the rest of the team. Obviously, A B can get away with some stuff because he's good, but like. I don't know if, if if I were the players, I'd be like, "Oh, okay, coach is letting AB walk all over him." Sometimes. They don't care. They're trying to win as many games as possible because they're a bunch of older. Yeah. Vet- if it was a youthful team, sure, but this team understands. You only got so many years of Tom Brady. AB, come on, I'll, I'll, on again I'll, with God. Need a vax out, card? You know? I got you, AB. Get in the game. Uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. Although Antonio Brown has come out and said, "I will show you video of myself getting vaccinated to prove to you that I'm vaccinated." doesn't change the fact that he presented a fake vax card at first but he's got video now so check out oh, yeah. that definitely was not rendered like 10 hours ago <laughs> he's got video now it's a needle going into his arm definitely a vaccine absolutely a vaccine let's move on to the nfc west i don't want to talk about this division <laughs> the nfc west is insane. i made a poor i made a poor choice i, I was gonna say Daniels, <laughs> but the nfc west was insane all of these teams it was ten and a half ten and a half ten and eight and a half with the win totals they predicted that this division would be really good and guess what if the season ended today three of these teams would be in the playoffs although not the one that dangles took the over on dangles had over seattle 10 wins and listen dangles <laughs> I'd be ready to lambaste you. You've lost that bet, but it was not the worst bet made on this show because Drew and I both took Arizona under eight and a half wins. And listen, they went nine and one, I think, or nine and two at least. We lost that early. But what? That wasn't even a tease. It wasn't a big deal. The other two were uh, LA Rams, 10.5, San Fran, 10.5. Both of those are still available to hit the over if those two teams went out and San Fran does look hot. But let's talk about Arizona for a second. We've already talked about Detroit and their great win over Arizona, but Arizona's now lost a few here, and they've lost a few to teams, and they've been in close contest with teams that they shouldn't have been in close contest with. I jumped on Arizona under 12 and a half midseason, and that was before Colt McCoy went two and one and ruined it for me, I thought. But now Detroit giving me life once more. Arizona has Indy. Arizona has Dallas. Arizona has Seattle. 
could Arizona fall out of this divisional lead? They Absolutely. Could. Sure, they could. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you watch the game on Sunday? It was I terrible. Mean, that, that was unbelievable. And you just saw you just heard the laundry list of players that took him down. Undrafted, undrafted free agents. And again, this game wasn't this game was actually it was three to twelve. It wasn't even that close, dude. No. It wasn't even that close. Uh, Josh Reynolds looks like the best receiver in the league <laughs> against these Cardinals. You know, Jared Goff. Then what God changed? Bless him, looks what like changed? The Super Bowl this quarterback. is a team that was seven and zero, and now they're ten and well, four and falling. Listen, like it's I not huge with injuries. The they've missed some players, yeah. but it's not huge. Well, they, I mean, they've also they, won three. They were games. asleep at the wheel. On they've Sunday also won sure. three games in Glendale this year so far, compared to a seven and one yeah. road record. They're not playing good football at home, and that's not a good uh, 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 prescription going into the playoffs when you are vying to be the number one seed and hanging on to home field advantage going into the playoffs. You've got the injury. You've got the. I said yeah. vying for. I said vying for. I said vying for. Uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins hurt. Obviously, uh, it's, <laughs> you got the Andre Hopkins hurt, obviously. Um, but I, I mean, I really do think this last weekend is a, is is got to be a gut check for them. I think this team this team probably has first round exit written all over it, divisional week exit written all over it. I don't think they have the longevity to make it happen in the playoffs. But I think this last week was if we are gonna do anything in the playoffs, we can't let this happen again, and it will make them realize that they are not invincible. If that's what they were thinking going into this this whole thing, because they did not look like a team that should be uh, in the conversation with the top teams in the NFC this past weekend. I, I texted you guys this during that awful and hilarious Monday night football game between Minnesota and Chicago. But to you, as we end this show here, what is your least favorite wild card matchup that we're going to get? My opinion, it's Arizona versus Minnesota. I think both of those teams are trending down right now, and I wouldn't want to watch that game, even though there's so many stars on the field. Is there any wild card matchup, likely matchup that you have no interest in watching? So it can be any team in contention. Yeah, correct? pretty much. I mean, it's unlikely Cleveland, Miami's going to get there, but Cleveland, Miami. <laughs> I would rather watch the seven hours of the Beatles documentary <laughs> again. And that was a tough, that was tough to finish. Let me tell you, I like the Beatles. Holy fuck. That was amazing. Make a short. Oh, you talking about Peter, Peter, just shave it off by about three hours, bro. Good God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What did Yoko Ono what did Yoko Ono ever do to anything? Can she we have her on the pod? Can we get Yoko? She yelled quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, she's very attractive when she goes, ah, she's a very attractive screamer. She yelled a shit. lot. And then Paul McCartney's <laughs> daughter's watching her, and then her daughter starts yelling, Hey, you can do what Yoko does. You're 40 years younger than her. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Daggles, what's your least favorite wild card matchup? Oh man, great I review for the West Coast Gamblers on the Beatles <laughs> yeah, documentary. A, a quick sixty-second media review there. Um, oh god, like Vikings Washington would be just a terrible Ooh. wild card matchup if that if that happened to shake out, or or even like Washington Philly. That could be that could be pretty gnarly. Those are Preview that tonight. We're gonna see, we're gonna see that tonight. I guess we are. We are gonna see that tonight. Christmas that is, comes that early. Is very true. That is it. Christmas comes early. For this greatly, uh, fantastically produced version of the West Coast Gamblers. So happy that we did it today. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll be back on Thursday with our full slate of gambles and gravestones. Cannot wait for that. I need to get back on this horse because there is a tie at the top between the square and the sharp. I end this podcast with another half rhyme. I'll take it. But for Dang for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, 
For Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, my name is Tony Cavallo. We are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 